0: This podcast is brought to you by Letourneau University. Letourneau University is the Christian polytechnic university in the nation where educators engage students to nurture Christian virtue, develop competency and ingenuity in their professional fields, integrate faith and work, and serve the local and global community. Letourneau offers more than 140 undergraduate and graduate degree programs across a range of disciplines and delivery models at Letourneau's residential campus in Longview, Texas, and in hybrid and fully online options at centers in the Dallas and Houston areas online at letu.edu that's letu.edu Weekday. That's iWorkForHim.com. dot I work the number four himcom And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for: hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work for Him podcast.
1: Welcome to I Work for Him as we highlight Austin, Texas today. Martha, how can people get connected with us online?
2: Well, online, Jim, they can go to our website, which is I dot com. That's I work the number four him dot com. If you are a new listener, um, we want to just welcome you and invite you to go out to our website and get to know us. You can actually see um, our Facebook feed goes through there. All of our other social media links are there, Jim, so people can connect to us whatever way they they like the best. Um, and of course, Jim likes the phone calls. So give him a call. Words eight, of
1: affirmation are my number. One one love language. Well, more number two, but no, it's very close to the top.
2: you are so great, and I love doing radio with you every day. It oh, is so much fun. And
1: you are just amazing to do radio with as well. And you're so I, pretty.
2: I hope you're feeling affirmed right now. And
1: I, and I, too, hope that you're feeling affirmed. All
2: right, so call our listener line at 866-713-9675. I had to lift up my feet because it's getting kind of deep in here. Wow. So 866-713-WORK. And you have up to a minute to leave us a message, whether it's something that you have a question about or a comment that you want to make or how you maybe found the show and maybe something that you've heard that has really inspired you and encouraged you, we would love to hear from you in any way that you can. So give us a call. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. That's
1: (laughs) right. Last month we were talking with Tony Dale and we got into a great conversation about small churches. And this month's conversation with Tony Dale, I'm going to start it right now, before I even introduce Tony, to say, hey, Tony and Felicity and George Barna wrote this book called Small is Big, Unleashing the Power of Intentionally Small Churches. We think this book is going to change the country. It's the idea, and it's obviously God's idea because it's what really happened 2,000 years ago in the early church. Mm-hmm. If you want to get your hands on a copy of that book, just call the listener line 866-713-9675, 713 9675 All right, so what's going on in Austin, Texas is going on all around the world, which is why we love bringing back Tony Dale, because he always gives us a hint on, hey, what's going on in Austin? He connects us to a local Austin business owner, which we'll, we'll connect up with a new person after the bottom of the half hour. But he also talks about what's going on all around the world. And last month at the end of the conversation, Tony said, boy, I wish we had more time. But he was talking about something he said to pastors 15 years ago, and they were responding to him saying, now... They're ready to have the conversation. Tony Dale, welcome back to I Work For Him.
3: Well, Jim, thank you so much. You two are certainly spreading the r- love around this month.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're spreading it. Yes, that's, we are. That's <laughs> right.
1: Well, you know, words of affirmation are Martha's number one love language. So I mm-hmm. have to make sure I do a better job of that. And, and you know, on the on the air, I, people tell me I hog the microphone, Tony. So I, I have to... Share it better. That's okay. All right. Tony, I, I always love having you on the air and I love seeing how i just been, I've been learning to identify how my heavenly father, how our heavenly father gets involved in the intimate and the finite details of our lives. Can you share a time in the last month since we last talked where you saw God recently get involved in the, in your life in one of those intimate details?
3: Uh, Well, you you know, I can. And um, uh, just your comment just then uh, about you and Martha uh, really reminds me of something that the Lord uh, continues to do for Felicity and I, and which I find uh, just so so exciting and such a blessing. Um, I'm going to jump back and then I'm going to bring it forward. But if I jump back sort of 30, 35 years when we were back in England... Uh, and we were involved in the early days of the charismatic movement, and God is doing all sorts of good stuff. And uh, we've, we've started a church, and I'm doing a lot of teaching and preaching and traveling. And, uh, you know, uh, everybody is telling me, Tony, what a great job you're doing. And I'm not noticing that when they would come to Felicity and I as a couple, They would often not even, as it were, see her standing there beside me. Mm. And I'm the one getting all the affirmation and she's getting none. And the Lord begins dealing with us and challenging us and telling us that we've got to help teach people a different way. Uh, And that really was the beginning of uh, Felicity developing a real interest and passion uh, in terms of God releasing women uh, into ministry, because she had this heart for leadership. And yet in those days, back in the UK, the idea of women in Christian leadership was uh, very unusual to say the least, and in many circles, openly talked against And, you know, I had to learn a really important lesson, and and that's what I'm going to use to pull it right up to the future, uh, up to the present. I had to learn that if people were going to see Felicity and all the gifts that God had given her, I actually had to learn how to shut up. That if I kept talking, and I mean publicly talking, I mean preaching talking, they would never see what she was doing. And I began saying, you know, I'd love to share at church, you know, next Sunday or whatever it is, or at this conference or that, but Felicity and I now do it together. Um, you know, it's going to be okay with you, isn't it, if uh, Felicity shares the platform with me. And you would be amazed at some of the... Uh, uh, the interesting reactions, let's put it that way, that we got from people. And yet it, it was huge in terms of its impact. And for us, it's been a lifelong journey ever since then that we do it all together. So you said what's recently happened. Well, you know, what's recently happened is that going back to small is big, uh, which you very kindly you know, mentioned at the beginning of the program, Uh, We have been uh, contacted by a group of Christian leaders who are very involved in some very large-scale evangelistic events to say, come and help us put together an approach, a methodology for following up uh, from these large-scale events. We, We know that these simple organic movements could transform what goes on after major Christian evangelistic events. Uh, And Small is Big, and some of the other stuff that Felicity's written is exactly what has opened those doors. From all those years ago, she wrote it, but right now it's opening unbelievable doors.
2: Mm, That's so wonderful. And what a great, you know, you and Jim are both great encouragers in the area of women um, giving their voice to what God is saying in their lives. And so what a great example that you've seen that walked out in your own life and how you know the fruit of it now so thank you so much for sharing that So
1: you're saying Felicity put your name on the t- on the cover of the book just as a courtesy to you because she really <laughs> wrote it. <laughs>
3: Uh, that would be pretty much the truth. Uh, we, we we jokingly say that Felicity wrote about twenty uh, about eighty uh, percent. I wrote maybe about eighteen percent, and George Barna did the two two important percent of getting all the facts and statistics mm-hmm. and everything correct. Mm, uh, and so of course, true. George's name had a lot more pull than either of us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's awesome.
1: Last month, when we were on the air, we ran out of time to have a conversation. We, we were talking about small churches. We were talking about your work in Taiwan back in May. And we we're talking about, you know, what you're learning there that's impacting here and and how you're seeing. Well, you, you were just talking about change that you're seeing happen in here locally in the mega churches where pastors are starting to hear your story on this, on this small as big. You know, you said at the end of the last show, and I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. At the end of the last show, you said, you said, Jim. The pastors approached me and said, we're ready to listen now. What were they talking about?
3: Well, uh, that that's such an interesting question. And, and again, it has this sort of ancient history component and right now component. You know, uh, it was probably 20 years ago that uh, Joel Hunter over at uh, Northland, a, mm-hmm. ch- a church distributed in Orlando, mm-hmm. uh, reached out to us uh, and uh, said, Tony, you know, Here I am, you know, called by God to lead this mega church, but uh, God's put on my heart that we as a church uh, are supposed to be helping start a million house churches, and we don't have any idea how to do that. Uh, And, you know, that that began a dialogue. We had actually begun some similar dialogue with megachurch leaders here in Austin. And uh, as those leaders and Joel and, you know, others reached out, uh, we pulled together uh, house church leaders and megachurch leaders. Uh, and for the next two or three years, we met on a fairly consistent basis, uh, saying, God, you're doing incredible things in the mega churches. you're doing incredible things uh, in these sort of micro uh, house churches that are emerging everywhere. How do we encourage and bless each other? And Lord, what about all the churches in between in size? Because it seems that most of the growth uh, in Western church, whether it's in megachurch or microchurch, isn't happening by new conversion. Uh, but it's happening by transfer mm-hmm. from the the sort of medium sized traditional churches, and and Lord, you love them too.
4: <laughs> when
1: we come uh, back, so- I'll let you finish that conversation. You're listening to I Work for Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we talk with Tony Dale, another Austin, Texas based show where we're talking. We love Tony Dale and his team at Cedara Health and the Caris Group. They, they've just teamed up with us every month to bring just a new perspective on the kingdom. What's God doing? In Austin, Texas, and around the world, because Tony and Felicity Dale and their team at Sadara Health and the CareS Group are involved in ministry all over the globe, and we love hearing the stories that Tony brings back. Right before the break, Tony, I'm I'm sorry, time always dictates this, but you're in the middle of an incredible story of how a mega church leader right here in Orlando, people are very familiar with the, the name Northland. Martha has a friend that runs a bookstore at Northland. Mm-hmm. Talk about. What was he saying and, and how were you involved in that conversation? Go ahead and just recap a little bit and then keep moving forward.
3: I, I will gladly do that. I mean, we, we have such love and respect for Joel Hunter and for Northland because uh, their, their whole approach, I mean, when, when they reached out to us and said, look, God's called us to, uh, to do something impactful in house churches, we hardly know where to begin. Uh, they just made uh, their own gifts, their own resources there so available. Uh, They literally uh, brought us over, uh, put their whole film film crew available and produced uh, a sort of mini series uh, done over a six hour period. Hmm. Uh, I mean, they edited it down to six hours. It was done over a two day period, uh, teaching people about how to start up small groups within their churches. Uh, And the incredible thing is that that has now become the link uh, to what I mentioned of, uh, you know, a group of people involved in putting together uh, some really major evangelistic events, became aware of some of these resources and materials uh, and said, can you can you bring that old material back together and make it available as a way to help follow up uh, some of the stuff that uh, the Lord's called us to do by way of large-scale evangelistic events? Uh, and so working with a, a, a Christian uh, you know, leader over in California who's sort of coordinating some of this follow-up, uh, it, it's been an awesome opportunity for us to see work done 15 years ago now be a blessing. Uh, all over again into a brand new context. Mm. How like God, He He never wastes any of the gifts or resources uh, that He provides through us.
2: That's fabulous. So, so will you will just keep on waiting and asking and finding out how God uses that. I know that we've had conversations, Jim, all over the the country with people just saying, you know, um, we're we're meeting with some people in our home. We're looking at, you know, the the book of acts and asking ourselves what does god really want church to look like so i know we've had a lot of conversations with people just i think what like what you said at one point when you said tony something about it just be happening very organically for a lot of people they don't know to call it a home church they don't know what they're a part of because they're just doing something that the Lord has prompted them to do. And that's really when you know somebody's in the right spot, don't you think?
3: I I do. And I, I love the way you describe that. It Uh, To me, what you described is the Holy Spirit at work.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: And, you know, how wonderful, you know, sometimes you you watch gifts of the Holy Spirit at work and you realize the person that gift came through didn't even realize God was in the process of using them. Mm -hmm. You know, they they just shared something conversationally, but actually it it was a word of knowledge. You know, how did they know that what they just shared uh, was so hitting the spot of what God needed to say into that person's life? Uh, and I love it when, when we unconsciously find ourselves cooperating with God.
1: Well, and, and I just love the fact that, you know, what I have always seen is that the power of the body of Christ is in a small group. It's not in the, I mean, it's great to have phenomenal music and it's great to be in a crowd full of people that are, that are, you know, all heading in the same direction as you, but, but you, the relationships are what power us and encourage us Monday through Saturday. And and as we go out into each one of our individual mission fields and wherever our calling is, whatever our workplace looks like all week long, it's knowing that we've got people in our small groups to lean on. That's that's the power. That I, mean, I don't know for 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 us, that is the encouragement. What, what about for you and Felicity, Tony? For for your small group? I mean, how how often during the week do you lean on the people that you're in a small group with?
3: Well, <laughs> that's. Such a great question because it, it really illustrates uh, that most of the time people aren't even noticing that they are already in small groups and that Jesus wants to be at the center of those. I mean, let let me illustrate, you know, here at work, uh, uh, if you could sit in my office and see what I see, uh, I've got a small round table here in my office uh, with room for three or uh, at a push, four of us to sit around it. Mm -hmm. And very often in that small group, which might differ every day of the week, Mm -hmm. we'll just bow and we'll say, Lord we we need your wisdom we, we we want to know what you want lord this is your company uh, i mean just earlier this morning i was here with uh, the ceo of the caris group um, mike martin and you know we're we're talking over really intimate important things that god is doing in our lives uh, and If we begin to think of church not as a meeting, or at least not an M-E-E-T-I-N-G, but maybe an M-E-A-T-I-N-G, as we jokingly like to put it, you know, any time that we're breaking bread or having a drink together with, with others and Jesus is in the midst, remarkable things are happening. Tomorrow it'll be a different meeting. It'll be maybe 30 or 35 people in our training room. uh, But we'll be praying. We'll be asking God. We'll be breaking into small groups. Uh, And who knows what's going to happen in those gatherings. And so if, if we can start to consciously say, like King David said, quoted in the Psalms, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, that I would not be moved. Then all of a sudden, church is happening around us all the time.
1: So you're saying you're even having church at work, mm-hmm. all the time, Jim. All the time. Well, and that's that's really what I work for him is all about understanding, and recognizing that we can have church wherever we are, and that our mission field, our workplace, really is a mission field. And and that's really how you live out life every day at Cedara Health and the Caris Group. I, I love hearing that. But what have you seen? You know, you, you've got how many employees between both your companies? You got 30 about- people, or? Uh, no,
3: we have about sixty uh, between 60, both okay. companies.
1: All right, so you it's sixty people, and, and you're all in this new building, you know, in uh, in Austin, your new building. You get, are you guys all settled now in your new building?
3: Uh, we are all settled and, uh, (laughs) you know, even pictures are hung up on the wall.
1: Nice. I can't wait
2: to to come see it.
1: Did you you put a broadcast booth in there though, so that we can, when we're there, we could just live there for a month. That'd be great. Okay.
3: (laughs) You you can take over my office. Okay. All right. All
1: right. So when you look, how have you seen God use the power of the small group at the Karis group or at, or at Sedera health in the last couple of months where you've seen People just get transparent and vulnerable, even as employees amongst other friends that are employees. Have you seen that in action?
3: Uh, We really have seen that in action. And most of my time over the last couple of months has been uh, tied up, uh, very much tied up with senior leadership Uh, because I now don't have day to day responsibility Mm -hmm. in either companies. But I am chairman of the board of both companies. Uh, And so I deliberately allocate most of my time to the senior leadership. Uh, And what I'm seeing is that real discipleship takes place, in a sense, not even in the small group, but one-on-one, or occasionally one-on-two or two-on-one, you know, whatever it it might be. That there is something so precious about, you know, when when Jesus got together, you know, with James and John, or he got together with Peter, or he got together, you know, maybe just with John, the disciple he loved. You know, into that context. You, you can honestly begin to deal with what life is all about. And into that context, just like I used to find with my patients, when it's just you and that other person, uh, if you allow yourself to be open and vulnerable about what's going on in your life, it's amazing the doors that that opens up to be a blessing into other people's lives.
1: Hmm. Yeah, just opening doors. That's, I love that.
2: You know, and I just have to say having that kind of an environment where you know that the possibilities are there, you you really are giving the opportunity for your employees to um, not only feel comfortable in the, the work culture that they're in, but also to be able to be real, to grow, to expand. And I know we don't have much time left, but I just wanted you to point out one of the other things that I've seen in the culture of your um uh, business there is the giving that the global giving opportunity that you kind of wrap yourselves around. Can you just tell about that quickly before the end of the segment?
3: I, I can. We we give ten percent of <coughs> of all profits to uh, to various causes around the world, uh, of which uh, Felicity and I. Uh, And our family uh, have the privilege of sort of deciding where that half of it goes, uh, and where a team of the employees working together decide where the other half goes.
4: Mm. Uh,
3: And it's just been awesome watching how it's used. Uh, It's a great privilege.
1: I want you to check out Tony Dale and his team online, sedera.com. Every month, Tony Dale joins us on iWorkRam to just share what he's seeing going on in the kingdom, how he's interacting with people all around the world and how he's seeing people live out their faith in their work. But we highlighted Martha, Tony and Felicity wrote this phenomenal book, Small is Big. Mm-hmm. Unleashing the Power of Intentionally Small Churches. I want to make sure we give a copy of that.
2: That's right. So we want to invite our listeners to call in to 866-713-9675. That's 866-713-W-O-R-K. And that spells work, obviously. So... Uh (laughs) I just had to, you know, say that, but please leave us, leave us your phone number um, and a short message with your name so we can contact you and um, get you a copy of this book. If you, if, if small church, the home church is an idea that um, stirs something up inside of you, we want to be able to give you this great resource so that you can read about it from Tony and Felicity and understand more about what God might be calling you to do.
1: Tony Dale, I just want to make sure that you know how much Martha and I appreciate you and Felicity and your partnership with us at I Work for Him and just the incredible work you're doing in the kingdom, transforming healthcare and the way we look at healthcare and the way we negotiate our bills with healthcare providers. Tony, I just want to thank you for putting your skills, your gifts, your talents and abilities into practice in the kingdom. It's just fun to be partners with you. Mm
0: hmm.
3: Well, Jim and Martha, you two are very kind in, in your remarks about us. And uh, Felicity and I view it as a privilege to have uh, found ourselves unexpectedly turning our medical gifts in this direction. And it's just been an honor doing this work.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Tony, you've got another Austin, Texas area business person you'd like to introduce to the iWorkframe audience. Why don't you go ahead? I would
3: love to do that. Uh, Mike has been a close friend uh, through our local C12 group. Uh, And over the years, uh, that has meant uh, not just getting to know him as a person, appreciating his uh, comments uh, in our sort of CEO forum and learning from him. Uh, But now more recently, now that I have a building uh, that the Lord has provided for us, for our companies, uh, even being able to draw his company, uh, Capital City Janitorial, uh, into doing work for us. And so I, I just view it a huge blessing to, to know Mike and his wife and to have this opportunity to introduce them to your radio audience.
4: Well,
1: thank you, Tony. And Mike, Besseresht, thank you so much for being an iWork Rim today.
4: Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: Okay, how did I do? Besseresht, how did I do? Did I get it right?
4: <laughs> uh,.
1: From what I can tell, I think so. Okay. <laughs> From what he can tell. He's wow. just as he's gracious, gracious as Tony. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's not an easy one, but we're su- super grateful. You can check out Mike and his company online, Capital City Janitorials. the name. CCJanitorial.com is the website. Right. CCJanitorial.com. If you're in the Austin, Texas area. Well, Mike, tell us, I mean, how far outside Austin do you do janitorial?
4: Um, especially about 50 miles around the, the uh, Austin area. is probably a pretty good estimate. We go a little bit further than that in, in some instances, but mostly just the Central Texas area.
1: All right, so not not any, anywhere close to San Antonio, though you're, you're sticking around in the suburbs of, uh, of Austin. That's where you're sticking. Uh,
4: for the most part. Gone as far as San Antonio before, but we're not there right now. Right, it would, have to be, it would have to be the right
1: circumstances. Right. All right, I just want to make sure people know how to find you and what they should call you about CCjanitorial.com CCjanitorial.com All right, Mike, you've been brought on iWork for Him because Tony Dale says you've got a story that our iWork for Him listening audience needs to hear. But we always ask this of every new guest on iWork for Him. How, Mike, did you come to be a follower of Jesus?
4: Hmm. All right. Well, I takes you back to my college days. Um, I met a very young, lovely young lady and we were uh, we were seeing each other and and thinking about getting married. And um, some uh, friends invited us to church and uh, I wasn't a church going guy growing up. And um, so they uh, they knew that I might back out. So they actually came and picked us up. <laughs> <laughs> Smart great, friends. That's a great. Hey, we'll pick you up. we we'll go out for yeah. dinner
1: afterwards. That's the <laughs> exactly, greatest way yeah. yeah, to
4: That's right. Yeah, and you know, basically, we, we went there that day, and and uh, I was I was in in a it was a very good church, and I saw these people were really sincere about what they were doing. And after the message, I was uh, feeling a pretty strong tug in my heart. And my uh, my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, she uh, you know, when they did a kind of an altar call for just in general prayer afterwards, she said, "Do you want to go up there?" I said, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> Uh, so wow. we went up and and you know the funny thing is is, is that the prayer partner said well what would you like prayer for and we just were just silent we didn't know what to say and and, uh, and so he, he I guess he sensed it he goes well would you like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and I said yeah yeah I do yeah and that was the beginning that's <laughs> uh, fantastic and, and, and so we did it together it was great now how many years you guys have married twenty seven.
1: Wow. Way to Congratulations. go. Congratulations! So boy, that's a way to start a marriage off. Solid walking with the Lord together, just figuring it out on, on your own together. I love that. I love that. All right. So yeah. Mike, talk to us. What led you into the janitorial business, capital city janitorial online, cc janitorial.com. How did God lead you into that calling?
4: Well, you know, I was working for another cleaning company and, um, they had lost a significant contract and, and my, my boss at the time, um, was kind of forced to lay me off. He didn't want to, but he was kind of in a position where he had to. And he was a, a, a great guy, love the Lord, still is. <laughs> and uh, he was concerned about me, and I don't know if he sensed my entrepreneurial spirit, but, but he says, what are you going to do? And I, said, I don't know. He goes, well, he said, if you want to start on your own, I'll help you get started. And um, I was like, wow. Okay, so he did. He was a mentor for me while I worked for him, and he kept mentoring me afterwards as, as I started my company. So um, that's kind of how we got started. He, he let me take a couple of contracts that he didn't want to handle without me. And that was my start and kept mentoring me for the next couple of years. And the rest is history, so to speak.
1: How much history is that? How, how many years has Capital City Janitorial been, been existing there in Austin, Texas?
4: So it's, it's a uh, 23, uh, actually, no, we're going on 24 years now. Yeah. 24 years. So it's been quite a long time now. Um, it's, that's awesome. It's
1: been something else. Mm-hmm. So, well, t- tell us, Mike. Uh, so, how soon into this whole adventure, being an entrepreneur on your own, running Capital City Janitorial, almost twenty-four years, which means you started this there in the mid-nineties. Talk to mm-hmm. us about at what point in time did you realize that God had a bigger purpose for your for Capital City Janitorial than just cleaning up office space? When 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 was it that you realized, wow? there's a lot to this that God's really got a plan for me as uh, you know, that my workplace really is a place of ministry.
4: Well, you know, this is, this is a, this is a huge part of our story. And, um, for the first, uh, two or three years, I was just working really, really hard and, um, to get the company going and I worked around the clock and we had had our first child and my wife was kind of like a single mom because I was working all the time. So we really got to a, um, the crisis point in our marriage and, um, through a marriage study at our church, we uh, kind of got back on track with what God's design is for marriage, and we prioritized everything, uh, mostly me but her also. And um, coming back from the edge, like we did, and learning to work together, when, at that point my wife really became involved in the company. Before that, she was really wanting me to quit and get a job, and uh, she really gathered herself next to me and... and from that point, the business took off, and so we realized that not only is our marriage saved, but we're doing this thing together. And we knew that we had kind of an opportunity to really do something different. And uh, that's what we tried to do over the years—just be a different kind of company and and how we treat people and what we do. So, so uh, what, that was kind of the turn, that was a turning point for us.
2: So, what have you done to treat people differently and to really stand out? Well, our industry—it's
4: uh, its pretty rampant with people who who kind of exploit the workforce. Mm. And um, so, some things we do. For, for first of all, we uh, we use employees, and we don't we don't pay them a subcontract labor and try to pretend that they're subcontractors. So <laughs> we're actually matching their social security and those kind of things. We actually have insurance for them. Um, we, you know, we believe that integrity is paramount, so. We, we make sure they're being paid properly. Uh, we track their time so we can make sure everything's on the up and up. We've had employees before that that uh, before we were able to actually electronically track time, they would forget to write down jobs that they did. I'd say, no, 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 you're forgetting something. <laughs> so <laughs> I owe you more than that. Wow. So, um, you know, those kind of things, um, you, we just believe in just really um trying to connect with people at a higher level than thinking that they're just a you know machine after working for us um and we we try to make sure that we push that down through our ranks our management and everybody else too to really value the person
2: and how have you seen that impact the um culture of the people that you employ
4: well i know that you know we, we have a um large workforce, and a lot of it is um, we do have some high turnover, higher than we would like, much lower than industry average. So there's a certain percentage that don't really know us that well because they haven't been around very long. But for the core people that have been around this for a while and the ones that work more out of our office building, um, they know that we care about them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we try to care about them and try to basically exemplify Jesus in the way that we love them. Um, and the people who are around long enough know that. Um, it's sort of a family atmosphere. I mean, I've got several sort of family members here working with us. So, um, but it, but even the ones that aren't related to us, they're still like family to us.
1: So, how many employees do you have, Mike?
2: Uh, roughly 220, I believe. Wow, that is a big well, that's, workforce. Yeah, that's great. Yeah.
1: And I'm trying to figure out since you're Tony Dale's friend, you said you know health insurance. How come you don't have health care <laughs> provided by Sedera <laughs> Health? I'm just wondering about that. Have you looked at that?
4: Yes, we have, and okay. it's still something
1: we're trying to make happen. Okay, all right, just checking. <laughs>
2: Nothing like putting to- you on Tony's the spot right a, here on Tony's the air. Tony's not
1: on the line anymore, so you're okay. No, he, but
2: he can hear the podcast. Oh, yes, he can. Okay, good.
1: <laughs> hey, Tony, call Mike. Here's his number. Okay, no, okay. So how <laughs> many clients does ccjanitorial.com uh, service there in the greater Austin area, Capit- Capital City Janitorial, how many clients do you have?
4: You know, um, I wouldn't be able to, to pinpoint that exactly, but I would say probably in the range of 250, somewhere in that range. Okay. So
1: how do your clients experience your faith? How does your faith roll through and impact them as uh, clients of, of, CC janitorial?
4: Well, um, as I mentioned earlier, integrity is very important to us. And, um, a lot of times companies in our industry also, uh, basically try to get away with as little as they can, and we feel very strongly about doing what we say we're going to do. So we start from the very beginning when we set up a contract. We want to be realistic about what we're going to do and then actually stick to it. So we set up systems and processes to make sure that we're following through with what we say we're going to do. And um, the other thing is just sometimes they you know, will overpay us, and we'll... And a lot of times they wouldn't catch it, but we tell them and give them the money back. Or sometimes we've underserved them, and we let them know. I I had a client that uh, there was a miscommunication, and they were paying us for a a part-time person today in in addition to our night crew. And we were providing it because of a miscommunication, and they never would have caught it. And I said, hey, uh, we've got a problem here. We have accidentally shortchanged you, and we owe you.
1: Every month, Tony Dale introduces us to a new business owner in Austin, Texas, just helping us know from all over the country what's going on in Austin, Texas. We love that. And what's funny is a lot of them have a story that relates to the rest of us. And I love how the Lord works it up. We're talking today with Mike Besseresh from Capital City Janitorial online, ccjanitorial.com, ccjanitorial.com. If you're in the Austin area This is the place you need to talk to if you've got an office or a building that needs to be cleaned. Mike, you mentioned a little earlier in the last segment how you, in your entrepreneurial spirit, just about destroyed your marriage. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Which, Which is not unusual for entrepreneurial people. This is a common struggle because certainly as a guy, you like to work. It's how God wired you. But as an entrepreneur, whether you're a man or a woman... When you, you've got a business, you tend to just invest everything in that business, and people at home start to notice. Well, how did you, you said you and your wife work through this courtesy of what well, made it sound like you went through a program or somebody trained you somewhere, had you read a book and walk you through it. How did you and your wife step back, refresh your marriage so that today, 27 years later, you're still married, still working together? Now, talk to us about what process God took you through. <laughs>
4: Well, um, the church we were going to was going to start a, um, a marriage ministry program there. And we were um, we went to kind of a, a reach-out meeting and um, signed up for the very first group they were going to have. And uh, it was going to be very hard for me because I work all the time. So to actually be home in time to go to this meeting
0: mm-hmm. every
4: Thursday evening, <laughs> mm-hmm. that was the first the first challenge. And I was told by, by one of the pastors on staff that, Mike, if you can make this commitment, God will bless you in this. And so I did. I, I managed to start delegating and get home in time to go to this every Thursday evening for 13 weeks. And um, through that process, we went through a lot of learning, a lot of pain, you know, a lot of confession, a lot of a lot of things, and, uh, and a lot of healing, most importantly, and uh, put us back on the right track.
1: You know, there's a lot of people listening that have been in that same boat. Martha, you and I talk about this all the time. Mike, talk to us about how you and your bride, what's your bride's first name? Blanca. Say that again. Blanca. Yeah. Blanca, like Blanca, Blanca, Blanca. Okay. Talk to us about how you and Blanca have been encouraging other couples because of your experience. How have you been able to feed your life and other couples to keep them from making the same mistakes?
4: Well, that's funny you say that because we—that's we, that's a passion of ours. Um, we, we did get involved in the marriage ministry in general, just just to, to to work with other couples on their marriages. But we run into a lot of um, uh, married couples who are starting businesses or, or working their businesses together, and so we're able to share a lot of our struggles and, and our victories. Mm. to encourage encourage them and. Um, you know, let them know that they're not alone because you know how it, you know how it is. Whether you're married in business or married and not in business, a lot of times you think you're alone. You don't realize other people have those struggles too. So we've met so many couples over the years, uh, just multiple couples that we've actually reached out to and talked to, and we had them over for dinner and we talked about things and let them know the struggles that we had just mm-hmm. to encourage them.
2: Isn't it great when you can have confirmation that none of the trials you go through. Um, are wasted, that you can maybe speak into somebody else and say, hey, here's some stuff we wish we wouldn't have gone through, but we did. And God is victorious. And then being able to share that before they get to the point that you were at. Um, Can be such a such an affirmation or if they're beyond it, you know, being able to say, listen, we still this is our story. God, God did this in our lives and we want to be able to share that with you. So I just encourage you um, in your doing that with these couples and taking the time and effort because there are a lot of people that just need someone to tell them that marriage is worth it. Mm-hmm. So good job for you guys. That's right. Way to go. <laughs> we love That's that. Right. Hey,
1: we're talking with Mike Besseresh from Capital City Janitorial in Austin, Texas. Check him out online. Ccjanitorial.com. Ccjanitorial.com. Mike, uh, you've how many so you said you got two hundred and fifty uh, clients, you've got a couple hundred employees. Talk to us about I mean, do you have do you have a lot of supervisors? So I mean, what's your management team look like?
4: Um, we have, we have several managers. Um, I think we have uh, one, two, three, one, eight, um, six managers and then they all have supervisors working underneath them. Um, and then the crews after that also. So. Okay.
1: So with those six managers, you know, one of the things that we talk about in I work frame all the time is, you know, how do we perpetuate our faith in case we're no longer there? You know, how do you, you know, I don't know how old you are, but let's just say that 20 years from now you don't want to be there anymore yet. <laughs> all of those people would still like to have their jobs. So how do you how are you and Blanca making sure that your faith, your how your faith is going to be perpetuated at Capital City Janitorial? Maybe one day when you retire, what what do you guys how are you feeding into those six managers to make sure they carry on your faith to the next level? Mm.
4: Well, what we are doing is, you um, know, in our meetings we talk a lot about our value systems and try to make sure it's being instilled in to everybody. Um, this is one area where I think we're actually um, we're a little weak on, and um, I've actually tried to bring people from the outside who I knew were strong in their faith, but they couldn't quite handle the business part of what I needed. And then the people that we have um, are not... Um, are not quite to the level that I need yet to, to be able to picture them doing that. So, we, you know, we're sewing into them. I, uh, we come back, we share principles that I learned, that whether it's at my C 12 meeting or, or actually at my church. You know, I'll come in and say, hey, this is what I learned this weekend and, and start trying to get them to, to see things that way. Um, mm-hmm. But beyond. As far as our leadership levels, um, we're unfortunately, we're, we're not quite there yet. But then again, unless I get hit by a bus tomorrow, uh, we got a long way to go. <laughs> hey,
2: you just mentioned- you'd be careful when you're crossing the street. That's, okay? right, that's right. Just look both ways.
1: That's what your mom said. All right. So <laughs> that's you why, mentioned-
4: That's why I don't live on the bus route.
1: That's right. <laughs> you just said C12. C12group.com. Talk about the impact of C12 on you. How long have you been involved in a C12
4: group? Oh, several years now.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. so how is C-12 impacted how you... Are you in the C-12 group, or is, and is Blanca in like a key players group, or, or how do you guys have it worked
4: out? No, just me. Just okay, me. <laughs> so
1: how is C-12 making an impact on how you lead your organization?
4: Well, you know, um, a lot of... A lot of business owners are pretty disciplined people, and uh, I am not one of those. <laughs> and I'm, in the, I'm in the other group that's not very disciplined, and uh, I just kind of go with my passion here and there and, and, and make things happen. But what I love about C12 is it, is it brings me back and puts, keeps me focused. Mm-hmm. And uh, I associate with such great business owners, and I've learned not to really compare myself to them because, you know, we're all different. We all have our different giftings and what we're going to do. But um, but I'm so uh, challenged and encouraged in a in a positive way um, by being around them, and then the curriculum that we have in C12 is just it's it's top notch. Mm-hmm. So it helps, helps us to to not only handle business issues, ministry issues, all those issues, and it's it's just been a, a great catalyst for me to um, you know to implement things, and although I'm not a big implementer, the little bit that I do from it is, is awesome, and it just keeps me focused.
1: Now, Mike, we know it's not, uh, you know, just, it's a, it's a sizable investment to be involved in a C-12 group. Would you say that that investment has been a good investment for CC Janitorial, Capital City Janitorial?
4: Oh, oh, oh by far, by far. I tell people all the time that um, investing in this type of um, organization and what, it, what you get from it, is what has made us get to where we are now as opposed to where a lot of our competitors are. And I'm not even talking in the ministry part, I'm even just business-wise. We wouldn't be where we are now without what we've learned through the years by uh, being involved in this. And then ministry-wise, we wouldn't be doing half the things we're doing either.
2: Mm. So they challenge you and give you ideas that you, you've been able to try to implement back in your company?
4: Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: That's great. Talk
1: to us about that intentionality. We got a little over a minute left to go. Talk to us about the intentionality, how you are making sure that your employees know that you love them and care for them. You've got so many and, and and janitorial, like you said, it's not, it's not an an area where typically people get treated really well. How, what's one thing that you do to make sure that your people know that they're loved?
4: Oh gosh. We're down to one thing. Uh, well, um, <laughs> nothing. Well, you know, we're, we're about to have our, our summer uh, party, our customer, I mean, our employee appreciation party, and and um, we also do one in the winter for Christmas, but that's an adults adult, uh, fancier deal that, that we have. And then in the summertime, we have one that includes all the families, bring out the kids, you know, games, all kinds of fun, just things like that to do for them. Um, that's a couple of things that we do right there. Just have these big parties a couple of times a year. Um, that's I mean there's true. there's many more things but sure.
1: yeah. Sure. Oh, I just love the stories Mike and I love your heart and how you're feeding into people just to try to approach janitorial from a different perspective. I I, I just love it and I really want to thank you Mike Beseresht for really being an iWork room today and sharing all this. I really appreciate that.
4: No problem. I'm glad to be here.
1: All right. Well, we're 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 grateful and we'll make sure that people know that you exist. Now, in Austin, Texas, ccjanitorial.com. Make sure you talk to Mike. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Thanks. All right. And make sure you thank Tony Dale. Go online to check out Tony Dale online. Sidera.com, Sidera.com. It'll revolutionize the way your organization handles health care. You've been listening to I Work for Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work, I work for Him. him.